0: Welcome to Under Two Capes, Episode 3. Now, when I was planning out what I wanted to do for this episode, I actually felt I'm going to live a little dangerously. We're going to cover not one, but two characters in this episode. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the first couple episodes of Under Two Capes said I was going to cover the DC Trinity. So I covered Batman, Episode 1, and I was thinking... Why do I just go ahead for episode 3 and to cover Superman and Wonder Woman in one episode for a lot of different reasons, chiefly because they're kind of this, they're very similar heroes. They're kind of archetypes for for the hero in their own way. And also they have that, uh, they have sort of a, an on-again, off-again romantic relationship that I figure would be interesting to discuss. So we're going to talk about both of them. So we're going to start with Superman. Now... Special thing about Superman—he is the very first superhero. He—he he started all of this. Marvel or DC would not exist were it not for the man in for the man in, in blue lifting that car. I'm sure you guys have seen that classic picture of Superman hoisting up the car, um, the, the old the old car that was like the 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 image of Superman. That was like from 1938. All right, so I'm going to start by reading off some facts about um, about Superman that I found on ScreenRamp. So, number one, he is an, an all-American alien. So basically, he's an alien from another world called Krypton. That's also where kryptonite comes from. It's actually radi- It's actually like irradiated um, shards of Krypton. He crashes in Kansas and is basically raised the all-American dude that we all know and love. Due to being a superhero, now, now his powers. Now, recently DC has kind of um, they've they've kind of played around with with the different powers he has. Like he's always had the, the classic: he flies, he shoots lasers out of his eyes, he has frost breath, super hearing, super vision, super strength. He, ha- he has all of those, but there are times when they'll just add on heroes for no uh, powers for like convenience like in i think in one of the christopher reeve superman movie he gave um lois lane amnesia of his secret identity just by kissing her so i'm like that's a bit much i i, I think that's kind of weird recently in the new 52 they gave him the ability called his solar flare power now for some context he gets his powers from the sun from the yellow sun it, it Now, the reason why no one else on Krypton as of yet had superpowers is because they had a red sun. Red sun radiation um, takes away all of his powers. Yellow sun is what gives him his powers. So his body basically stores up a a lot of solar energy from our sun, and that's how he's able to perform these feats. So in the New 52 they gave him the ability to discharge all of that in like a massive blast. Now, pros, it would cause a lot. It would really mess up whoever got got hit by it cons for the mo for like a period of time after he expels all the solar radiation he wouldn't have his powers it would basically be like you and me because again he discharged all that energy that gave him his powers so you know that's a little bit of a of a caveat to having like a ridiculously awesome power so also so his weakness is kryptonite with that and and again that's i'm I'm sure if you've seen anything superman you've seen like the glowing green rocks that make him like uncomfortable make him like freak out or make him like almost die and all all it is is just irradiated uh rocks from krypton and and krypton is this planet that blew up and then the the core got super radiated now another fact he has died In fact, he was one of the first superheroes to actually die. And he's also one one of the first to come back to life. But anyway, so there was a period where Batman was outselling Superman in terms of comic book sales. So they decided, let's just kill him off. So, because no one's really interested in Superman right now. So what they did is, well, first off, they were trying to figure out, how do we kill this guy? Because, once again, Superman is pretty much invulnerable to an extent. I mean, he could still be taken out, but it takes a lot to take this guy. So what they decided is they created this being being called Doomsday. Now I'm going to give you a brief, brief origin of Doomsday because this is important to the discussion. So Doomsday, well, so years before life existed on Superman's homeworld of Krypton, this scientist named Bertram was trying to genetically engineer the greatest life form of all time. So what he did is, he took this embryo, placed it on Krypton, and then the embryo died. Then he would take a, a, a like DNA sample from that dead, dead uh, being, clone it, and, and then the clone would actually be invulnerable to whatever killed that, the, the previous iteration. Like if it froze to death, it would be invulnerable to being frozen to death, if you will. So just kept going on and on and on and on and on. But the being, unbeknownst to Bertram, the being actually ha- retained memories from its previous iterations, So it knew everything Bertram was doing to it. So anyway, Doomsday uh, eventually the being that would become Doomsday kills Bertram and, is, and stows away on, on board a ship. And then it gets to Earth. Now, to give you an idea of how powerful this, Doomsday, uh, this being Doomsday is, before he fought Superman... If you've seen the, the the death of Superman movie. You know what I'm talking about. He took on the entire Justice League and completely wiped the floor with these people. Like completely destroyed them. Almost killed them. I, I believe some of them he did, he may have killed. He basically pummeled Wonder Woman. He took out all. In, in addition to the um, to the Justice League, he took out like the Teen Titans. Like he took out all the heavy hitters. Like, there was no one that this guy could, could not beat. So then Superman shows up, and they, uh, and I mean this with all sincerity, beat each other to death. Like, they punch each other to death. And then Superman dies. Now, and this was in the 1992 story, The Death of Superman. But what's imp- So later on, they would actually revive Superman, and the way they did this... They did, uh, I guess they did it just because they wanted to bring back Superman. So what they did is... They made it where he didn't really die. He was just placed in basically a coma. And, and if you put... The, and In the Fortress of Solitude, which is his crystalline little home that he goes to... In the Arctic. It's, to, to like get, it, get away from it all. It's kind of like his beach house, if you will. If the beach was like snow. And in the Fortress of Solitude, there's this regeneration chamber. So so he was placed in there and he, he was revived and now during the period where he was dead you had a, a group of, of beings coming around that, that kind of were trying to assume the man of superman you had cyborg superman which is basically um uh, now it's it's an astronaut hank henshaw who's basically like a cyborg and he has basically the powers of superman then you have Steel, who, who was named John Henry Irons. He's basically a dude in a Superman... in, like, a metal suit that has a Superman S on it. And then you have Superboy, um, Connor Ken, who's basically a clone of Superman. Uh, uh, it's the Kryptonian DNA of Superman combined with the human DNA of Lex Luthor. So he's kind of... Uh, that's a hell of a combination to throw into someone. So anyway, Superman comes back. And, and, and this is where you get the classic idea of him having, like, <laughs> the mullet and the black suit, which is, like... So cool, and by the way, that is going to be in the Snyder Cut. So excited! I, it's, it's pretty much confirmed that the Black Suit will make an appearance. So really happy about that. Like so happy. So you had so he he was the first. He he's like the he's throughout the years he has maintained to be like the purest version of a superhero. Like like he doesn't kill, despite the fact that he could like. T- take out anyone, uh, basically just by flicking them with his finger. Um, he, but he, he's al- he's always able to like, well, because of his upbringing. Let me put it that way, and, and I'm I'm gonna link it to the upbringing. I'm gonna explain my reasons for linking it to the upbringing later. But because of his upbringing, he's basically told that yeah, you have powers, but it's your responsibility to use those powers for good, not kill anyone. Just do, and just be a hero. Now I call it now I attribute that to his upbringing because there have been some other stories called Elseworld stories, which ones that exist like outside the main DC continuity that basically explain, hey, if he landed here, what, what would happen? Where he's landed on these different planets and it's and he's landed in these different scenarios and it's fundamentally changed the way he approaches being a superhero, or even made him a villain in the case of him landing on Apocalypse and being a child of Darkseid. Yes, that happened now let's see another fact let me see uh let's see what else he is so the reason why he became a reporter is actually because he want he figured as a news reporter i'm going to be sent to like to cover different situations so it's easier for me to explain super so it's it's basically like he's able to... He essentially has a radar of stuff going on because they'll say, Hey, cover this earthquake. He shows up. In case they need Superman, he's there. So there's that. Also, he has fought Batman before. In, the, in Not only in Batman v Superman, but on the story that it was heavily inspired by, which was The Dark Knight Returns, where Superman is a government agent. Batman is like a vigilante again. and I've talked about this in the Batman episode. And... um this was actually the first time they fought, and this had a major impact on DC Comics publication going later. But anyway, I believe Batman actually won, of course, because he's Batman. Because the thing is that whenever they fight, all you have to do is is whip out a wad of kryptonite and you're good to go. But anyway, so he he fights Batman, and Batman wins, and then there you go. But what that one, it was so popular with the fans that. DC made it a common occurrence... That whenever they restart the continuity... In any way... Uh, whenever Superman and Batman... First meet each other... They will fight at one point... They did that in the New 52... and Justice League Origin... I have mentioned about how much I love that comic so much... They fought... And again... Batman v Superman... That was kind of their first time meeting... Uh, meeting each other... So there you go... And again... Batman won... <laughs> because he's Batman... But anyway... So... So so there are some interesting facts about Superman. Now, what's important... So let's uh, talk about different storylines that Superman has been a part of that have have been like fantastic Superman storylines. Like you have the one, which is Superman Red Sun, which this is a very interesting Elseworlds story. It imagines a scenario where, as opposed to him landing in Kansas, he lands in the Soviet Union and becomes an agent for Stalin. But Superman is not all... On board with what's with the way Stalin rules Russia, so he actually kills Stalin and takes over as the premier. And at this point, so it's kind of similar to an degree. He still has the morality, like he wants to be a good guy, he wants to be a hero. But once again, his upbringing that's kind of influencing how he's becoming said hero because he he's a dictator essentially of Russia. And it's kind of funny he, he, you see that that Superman Lex Luthor dynamic because. Lex Luthor is the president of the United States at the time. And they're kind of going through the whole Cold War scenario. At the same time you have um, the Amazons and Wonder Woman. Who again have l- linked up with Superman. And uh, so Wonder Woman doesn't exa- exactly know Superman's methods per se in the beginning. She, she's all of a sudden, the, the way she thinks of it is like okay. He's just trying to, to like to like save the world and all that. But when she's captured by Batman... Of course, Batman's able to capture Wonder Woman again because he's Batman. (laughs) He captures her by binding her in a lasso of truth. And when she breaks out, she ages. Because I'll speak about this in a section about Wonder Woman. She's basically blessed with eternal youth, per se. And that's because it's like a gift from the gods. And when she broke the lasso in Red Sun, she broke a gift. So they just took away all all of her gifts, pretty much. So she ages up. And then she, that's when she started to realize that Superman's kind of not a nice guy in this universe. So she basically closed off the Themyscira, Themyscira to man, like, permanently. But we'll get to that later. So can't t- talk about Superman without talking about the Christopher Reeves Superman movies, which were, like, so iconic. They were campy, but they were still, like iconic because it was, like, you had Superman, um, he, 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 um, like... So, Lois Lane dies. So, for some reason, him flying opposite the the Earth's rotation is able to reverse the Earth. uh, It's able to reverse time. Which, I get it. It's it's one of those comic book movies things. So, it's kind kind of like, all right, I'll go with it for a good movie. It was kind of, it, it still is kind of odd. But anyway, so you had that you had zod general zod who's another kryptonian who survived the destruction of krypton except he's evil and wants to take over because he so what happened on krypton was that superman's father jor-el was warning hey we got this impending doom the planet's going to blow up basically what a prophet and then zod was trying to t- to take over krypton at the time he, he felt that their little high, high council thing was too like too, too ineffective to do anything so he was trying to stage a coup he, he was basically he, he, he was the villain so he, he gets banished to what's called the phantom zone which is basically this pocket dimension used exclusively as a prison so he gets sent there he's there when krypton is destroyed and then he, he reemerges along with his wife Feora, and they cause hell for superman so he fights him and then puts him back in the phantom zone now let's see what other there's actually one where Superman crash lands in front of the Wayne Manor, uh, as in Bruce Wayne, and he becomes Batman instead of Super instead of Bruce Wayne. So it's kind of like you have the intelligence of Batman, all the gadgets and everything, but you have the powers of um of Superman. Imagine that that's a whole because he's Batman thing. Now also, Superman has wielded lantern rings before, by the way. He has wielded the black and the, the, the white lantern rings, black being death, because during the Green Lantern story, which was called Blackest Night, that, um, it was the dead were basically rising because the, the black lantern rings are the rings of death. And uh, every superhero that's died, even if they come back to life, if they have died at one point in their publication history, they have been turned into zombies. So he, he has turned a, into basically a zombie, But when the White Lantern entity emerges, he also is he the White Lantern ring is I mean the Black Lantern ring is destroyed and replaced by a White Lantern ring because that's one of life. Meaning he chose they all by coming back they chose to continue on with their lives. And when you're a White Lantern, ridiculously powerful. Now I would also be remiss if I didn't mention the Injustice Universe. Now the thing about the Injustice Universe is that. Okay, so the Joker um, kidnaps Lois Lane, who is pregnant with Superman's kid at the time, and um, basically he rigs up a nuke and ties the, and basically ties the detonator to her heartbeat, and then he hits Superman with with Scarecrow's fear toxin. It's basically uh, it's a it's a gas that makes your that makes you hallucinate your biggest fear so superman thinks he's fighting doomsday he just basically takes takes the doomsday i'm doing air quotes right now and flies him into space but little does he know he's not fighting doomsday he thinks he's fighting doomsday because of the toxin but he's actually bringing lois lane to space so at that moment she dies and the baby dies obviously but then metropolis the bottom metropolis blows up so at that point he decides okay you know what my way of doing things doesn't work anymore. I'm just going to take over the world. And that's exactly what he does. He basically takes over uh, takes over with the regime. And um, I believe Superman uh, I believe Wonder Woman, The Flash at first, Shazam at first, um, Cyborg and uh, Catwoman, uh, basically half of the superhero community sides with him. The other half goes with Batman, who's by, by the way against being a dictator, and he even fights against Superman. And Superman does some messed up stuff in the, in this storyline. Like, he straight up kills Alfred. He, uh, let me see what else he done. He kills Green Arrow by punching him. He, he, um, let's see what else does he do. He, so, it's spoiler if you haven't played the game yet, but it's been out for years, so I'm just gonna do it. He kills Shazam by basically. He, um, laser eyeing or like he, he visioning him in, through, through his head so basically this is a much more um, I don't care version of Superman who will basically annihilate people just to win so, there, so there's that version of Superman so, so obviously there are evil versions of Superman there are good versions of Superman they're even more ambiguous but how cool would it be by the way talking about Marvel DC crossovers if we had a Punisher Superman that would be so cool. But anyway, so you have that one. Then you have the, the DCAU, which is basically the Superman cartoon series. Then you have the Justice League Superman, which is kind of an older version of Superman, who's, again, a member of the J- Justice League. He's kind of, he and Batman kind of vastly on a on, on leadership position. But you had some pretty cool storylines in, in the TV show, for one thing, where like Darkseid uh, captures him. And uh, basically reconditions him to make him think he, he's the son of Darkseid. So he basically becomes Darkseid's slave. And uh, eventually he escapes and comes back to Earth and stuff. And resumes being a hero. But then you also have uh, the storyline where in, in Justice League where he's fighting the toy man And, and then um, the Toyman blasts him with like this futuristic beam. And he gets teleported like way into the future. And, uh, by the way, everyone else on Earth at, at the time thinks he's dead. They have a big funeral and everything. Batman's the only one who's like, I, I know this guy's not dead. Again, because he's Batman. So th- they have this, this, this big funeral. Little did I know that in the future um, Superman's alive and he managed to come back. I'm not going to get into that into the specifics on how he managed to get back yet. Because I'm going to do an episode on, on the, uh, on the uh, Justice League cartoon series. Now, also, not only do you have that, you have the DC AMU, which is basically the new. 52 Superman. Now... What happened is... I'm just going to give a little background... on The New 52 era. So... DC wanted to reboot its continuity... Which they're doing all the time. So what they did is... They had this event called Flashpoint... Where... uh, Where the Flash Barry Allen... Went back in time... And stopped his mother from being killed. Now what that did... That one action had ripples... Throughout the entire DC timeline... And... Changed stuff... To the point where... Okay, so in this universe... For instance, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are at war. The Amazons and Atlantians are at war and they nearly destroyed the world. Like, for instance, like uh, L- London has been flooded, like legit flooded. Actually, was a London that was flooded? Anyway, basically, Europe is the battleground and like Aquaman straight up sank an entire city to, um, to take out Amazons. Then you have Superman uh, crash lands in Metropolis instead, and instead of being like raised with his parents and raised to use his powers, he's thrown in like a cage, pretty much without like yellow sun radiation. If anything, he's like with um, with red sun radiation. He looks super gaunt, like he's not not the big Jack dude that we all think of. And then in terms of Batman, in this Flashpoint universe, it was actually Bruce Wayne who was killed by Joe Chill. And if you don't know, Joe Chill is the guy who killed Bruce's parents. That's in the Batman episode. And so, so Bruce Wayne is the one that's killed. Thomas Wayne is the one who becomes Batman. And by the way, a very brutal Batman, by the way. And the mother, Martha Wayne, becomes the Joker. So obviously this universe is really different from the one that we're used to. So... Uh, eventually, what happens? Uh, again, I'm going to s- skip going through the storyline because I'm going to do an episode on, on Flashpoint. So uh, Barryon r- ch- changes it, runs back, stops himself from saving his mother. He comes back, and again because he changed the um, the past again. There's subtle changes. Everything's kind of back to normal, but everything's kind of different because all the heroes are younger in this era. This was in 2012, and this is the New 52. Personally, my favorite era because. Had a lot of, of interesting storylines, and plus this is the era that I got really into comics. so uh, so everyone's younger, nearer to the beginning of their career, and uh, uh, also the first story, which is the Justice League origin arc, which I love, is taking place before there's even a Justice League but when superheroes are like viewed with like suspicion. And that's where you have the whole dark side invasion and such and then the justice league is formed everyone likes superheroes now and there's all that so anyway so you have the younger version of superman and actually what's kind of cool is that his costume is actually like it, it, it's, it's kryptonian armor and what's cool about it is that it, it's actually activated by thought I meaning it's kind of like in avengers endgame where, or in, um, infinity war where tony stark had that little thing on his chest where he would press it and then the armor would like materialize around him. That's pretty much what that is. So it, it, going back to the DC AMU, which stands for DC Animated Movie Universe. That's where you have like Justice League War, Justice League Throne of, Apo- Throne of Atlantis, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War and such. And that's where you really have the, it, it, that's where you really have that version of Superman who's like younger, going through life. He's in a relationship with Wonder Woman. I'll get to that later on in this episode, as a matter of fact. And you kind of the way I liked about the new Fifty Two is that you saw this Superman who's like he's trying to it's to sort of come to his own as a superhero, and he's trying to deal with a lot of stuff that that a young guy should uh, really should be dealing with anyway. But anyway, you had a storyline there where basically a supervillain stole his pow- virtually all of his powers. And he had to adjust to that new status quo. It even put, put some strain on his relationship with Wonder Woman. And again, I'll talk about that. But eventually he got his powers back. But it cost him because at that point, um, they, they did the whole death of Superman storyline, which I'm going to talk about right now, where it, it, a combination of many di- different factors um, caused su- Superman to, to basically start to, de- to f- physically degrade. It's kind of like kryptonite poisoning. So eventually he dies, but little does he know at the time that the Superman from another Earth, and again, uh, I'll explain the, the, uh, the whole idea of, of the multiverse in a later episode. So Superman from another dimension comes back and, replace, and replaces him. So that way he can die and like say, okay, at least I know that this new Superman is, is going to take over for me. So then you have the storyline, Superman Reborn, which is one of my favorite storylines ever, even though it kind of wipes out a lot of the New 52. So in Superman Reborn, his son, Jonathan Canton, and this is the, the alternate dimension Superman, his son is kidnapped by a, a being called Mr. Mr., and this is a really hard name to pronounce, just bear with me, Mixel Pitalik. I, I don't know where they get the idea for these names. is, is kidnapped in like the reality starts to warp a little bit. So what you find out is that the new 52 Superman actually didn't die. His energy was taken to another dimension. And, we, and what um, Mixel Pitilic does, or, or, or actually, I'm not sure if he does it yet, but they, um, But the two supermen actually combine into one being, and apparently that, that's the way it was supposed to be. It's like there were both two halves of one being that was supposed to merge, and then that's where you get the current... Iteration of Superman and DC Rebirth and, like, the the New Age of Heroes and such. So you have a lot of of, of, of continuity... By the way, whenever I talk about DC, there will be a lot of talk about continuity changing because they do it all the time. But, uh, so anyway... But the new 52 Superman is still there because in in the storyline Doomsday Clock, what Jeff Johns did, he's the writer of Doomsday Clock, he took the new 52 continuity... And gave it its own dimension. Like the, like the New 52 is in a different continuity. It is in a different dimension other than, the, other than the Earth Prime, the one that we all know and love that we read all the time. So in other words, everything New 52 is canon. It, it is canon, but it's in a, in a different dimension. So if you read a, new, a comment that says the New 52, it's still canon, it's just in a different Earth. It's it's not canon according to the current continuity, but we'll see what happens with the new uh, uh, co- continuity event that's currently happening called Death Metal. But that's not re- relevant to Superman. So now, what else can we talk about with Superman? So as of this Father's Day, by the way, this episode is de- 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 is dedicated to my dad, who inspires me to be a better man every day. I would be remiss if I talk about the fact that he is a father. In the current c- continuity, um, his son Superboy is named after his Earth father Jonathan Kent, who's kind of um, it's kind of funny because the son asks Superman these questions like, "Why why did your original suit have red underwear on the outside?" I, I don't remember the answer to that, but I think it's like it's really funny how like uh, every Superman fan is like, "Thank God someone asked that." So he is a father, and he's kind of it, it's interesting see, seeing Superman as a dad w- to a son who shares pretty much all of his powers. He's, he's trying to, to, like, lead by example, if you will. Now, now we are going to... Sw- Actually, no, we're not going to switch over to Wonder Woman yet. Uh, let's see. What, oh, n- I almost forgot. we got to talk about Man of Steel. So Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, which is in my opinion, one of the best Superman movies of all time because what it did is it showed a realistic portrayal of what would happen if this being existed. Because he shows up, and of course, everyone's suspicious, whereas in the Christopher Reeves movie, they're all like, oh, hey, man, it's Superman. We're all good. This is so great. And this is after first meeting Superman, so it's not like, it's not like they don't know the being. And it's like, you yeah, can imagine, if someone that powerful existed nowadays, everyone would... W- well, every country would like train their nukes on him. And like, oh my gosh, this being could, could burn us all to the ground, to quote Batman. And, and that even is the motivation behind Batman going to try and fight and kill Superman and Batman be Superman. Which, again, was a great movie. Now, and what you saw at, in Man of Steel is all the little events that, that sort of pushed Superman to be, take that role as a hero. It's kind of like in this TV show Smallville, which is again a story about superman's origin but see i have a problem with that show in that okay so they have like a ridiculous amount of characters that they that they throw in there so they have like dr fate um they have hawkman they have uh um a uh, maxima they have aquaman they have mara they have all these characters they have booster gold they have the wonder twins even minor characters that i've only heard about in like one comic but for some reason, they never, in the TV show, brought in, like, Wonder Woman or Batman. They brought him in the comics, that, that, in the comic sequel, but it's like, what? Of all of, the, of all of the characters that you leave out of this show, you would think that those, th- that those two would be the characters you throw in first they're like oh they're like nah, we're good we already have 80 characters but you leave out like superman's best friends and one-time girlfriend are you crazy <laughs> all right but that's enough of that rant now I'll go into that rant for, uh, more in more depth when I cover smallville but anyway i think that's a good pl- a place to um, to stop so we can move on to wonder woman now i'm going to take a short break drink some water and then we'll be right back to talk about wonder woman All right, now we are talking about Wonder Woman. So, this girl, is, so Wonder Woman is, uh, I, again, my I'd say my second favorite superhero, um, Superman being the first. What's, what's interesting is that, uh, about Superman, I mean, uh, about Wonder Woman, okay, let me get to her, let me get to my facts about Wonder Woman, now... So she so, in the new fifty two, they kind of establish her origin, being that she is the that she is the daughter of Zeus. I mean, she she was told at one point that she was molded by uh, molded by uh, by her mother, Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons, out of clay, and then uh, and then the, the gods blessed her with life. But apparently, she's the daughter of Hippolyta and Zeus. Okay, so. The guy who invented her um uh, William Marston was actually heavily in- involved and in, has been credited with inventing the lie detector that's why she has the lasso of truth. And by the way, let's talk about what armaments that, that, that she carries in the battle because I think that's really important to talk about with, with this type of superhero. So she has the lasso of truth, she has super strength, she has an, inv- an invisible jet which that's kind of in, that's been used in a lot of different um, that's been like hinted at that she has in the in certain continuities but another ones is like no she doesn't have this she has her bracelets which actually I found this out recently her bracelets actually aren't just for blocking things see being a demigod she has um very very she is like ridiculously powerful and when you when she takes that off all that power just turns on and she goes like nuts it in Nuts, I'm not talking about Nuts, like, she goes crazy and, and like, kills Superman or anything, but what happens is, her powers go up, like, exponentially, like, to the 10th power. Like, really intense. Now, it's to the point where it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like in Thor Ragnarok, uh, yeah, Ragnarok, where, um, Thor's hammer gets destroyed, I'm gonna talk about this in the Thor episode, and, um, he t- tells his dad, "Hey, I I can't fight. It. I don't have my hammer." And then he's like, and "Then uh, his father's like, the hammer is not the source of your power. It's meant to focus it and like help your control and everything." And then uh, Thor awakens so is like the thunder powers, and he has the fire on the on the bridge. It's kind of what that is. So she, uh, obviously she she's big on swords and shields and all all the different type of like ancient Greek wo- weapons and stuff that's my or makes her extra cool because I I like that whole era. So she she is a princess again, Princess Diana of the of the Amazons because she's the daughter of the queen. She is also the goddess of war because what happens was it was, so she she was trained for war by the by the Greek god Ares, the god of war, and at one point she's fighting this being called the Firstborn. And uh, the Firstborn kills, like, a lot of the gods. Ares in, and she has to kill Ares to keep his power from being taken by, uh, by the Firstborn. And she assumes the mantle of the God of War. Which is, like, one of the coolest things ever. Because, again, she becomes the God of War. There's lots of powers there. Now, her, now her alias, as opposed to Superman's being Clark Kent to report on everything, is Diana Prince... Or Princess Diana. She's like a, a diplomat. She, uh, she's the one person where like... Most people know she's Wonder Woman. Except for... There was this one... Con- there was this one... Series in like 2006. Where... Following an event w- where she had to kill someone. And it was broadcast to the world. She... Um, she was kind of hunted. B- because she, she murdered someone. Well, murdered is a loose term. Because the superhero. supervillain villain. And... Uh, And um, so she had to take on an alternate identity. So her Diana Prince uh, became like a secret agent. So essentially, she was a secret agent, but also being Wonder Woman at the same time, which which, uh, I liked. I thought it was super, super cool. Um, And uh, she is also a founding member of the Justice League, um, as is Superman, as is Batman. And, and that's also where she uh spends a lot of her time in addition to being queen and uh diplomat she has also so there's a storyline where where uh, marvel and d c kind of connected and, and like had their own like stories where like different marvel characters would fight d c characters and then and then the people could vote on who they wanted to win so Wonder Woman's fighting storm and um so she she's able to pick. Uh, so Wonder Woman is able to pick up the, the hammer of Thor, which basically it's enchanted. enchanted hammer that says, "Whosoever holds this hammer, if he or in this case she be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor." So basically, Wonder Woman is worthy enough to wield not only the the powers of uh, the god of war, but also the god of thunder. So it's like the war, the god of thunder war, or something like that. So she is also. So I mentioned in Red Sun about how her youth got taken away when she broke the last of truth. She is blessed with, with uh, everlasting youth, which kind of makes you wonder. She is going to exist for like a really long time. In fact, I think at one point it's been calculated that she's like 4,000 years old or something like that because she was born when the Romans still used the centurions. So uh, she, she's kind of an older lady. She has gone through quite a few costume changes over the years. She's kind of vacillated between the the um she, she's always had sort sort of the red and blue with the stars, uh, the the little swimsuit like um uniform. But it's kind of changed because in the new 52 she had a sort of a um she she had um silver instead of gold on the W and then that was changed like Partway through the new fifty-two into a full-body outfit, which actually, I gotta say, it's one of my favorite costumes of all time on any superhero because it looks super cool. And also in this new costume, she actually has hidden blades in her little um, bracelets, which I think is like the coolest thing ever. I think she should have had that from the beginning. But currently, she's gone back to the to the gold um, to, to the gold eagle W on the breastplate, and I believe that. Now, as and now, she also wears a cape, which I I don't know what it is with superheroes and capes. I'm that one guy from from Incredibles that goes no capes. Now, she herself has not always been Wonder Woman, Princess Diana. She actually had again when she was Diana Prince, the the, the little secret agent identity. Um, her. Her, her like little I guess sidekick slash sister if you will um, named Donna Troy took over for her as Wonder Woman publicly while she was um, the secret agent so that way the world could still have a Wonder Woman and uh, so that that went on for like I think in, in the continuity that went in on for a year I'm not sure how long it did in terms of comic publication but eventually she regained the role and Donna Troy went back to being Wonder Girl and you also had a she ha- she has another uh, actually the Donna Troy is actually her superhero name. And you have Wonder Girl um Cassie Sandsmark who's another who's the daughter of an archaeologist who who was like cl- close for friends with Wonder Woman. I'm just pulling up the Wonder Girl entry my encyclopedia. Yeah, well actually in the new f- f- 52 on um, the continuity kind of changed to where Donna Troy does not like does not um now, actually, um, not Don Troy, Cassie Sandsworth does not like being said, oh, you're like Wonder Woman. That, that really angers her because she, she, she's trying to be her own superhero, but then people keep comparing her to Wonder Woman. But anyway, go, going back to Wonder Woman. So interesting facts. Let's talk about some more interesting facts. Uh, let's see. Oh, speaking of interesting facts. So she ha- she so the Wonder Woman movie that came out in like uh, recently with Gal Gadot was, um, it's not her first time, it's not the character's first time being shown on live action. You had the Linda Carter series, which is iconic. Then you had this one uh, attempt, uh, I believe it was, I'm trying to see, yeah, in 2011, uh, she was going to be played by Adriana p- uh, Palicki, but uh, for some reason, it was canceled before it even made air. I mean, I saw some like p- pictures of it, and honestly, it looked kind of bad. So I'm, like, actually, I'm actually pretty glad that it, um, it was canceled. Anyway, so in terms of live action, the best portrayal I've ever seen of her is of Gal Gadot because for some reason, Gal Gadot freaking nails playing uh, Princess Diana. Case in point, when she shows up in Bat Movie Superman and she's fighting Doomsday, this is the part where she get like gets thrown backwards, she skids on the ground, she's like uh, sh- she's like just uh, <laughs> sitting up to continue the fight, and then she just smiles. Now, what's special about that is that that was actually not in the script. That was actually improv. So, that was her going, okay, I, I just wanted to, to to be, like, feisty and, like... And she's the one character who would smile at that occasion. So, I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. So, speaking of the Wonder Woman movie... There were plenty of Wonder Woman depictions. You had the, the Wonder Woman... I'm going to start with the Gal Gadot movie because I'm talking about that. There was... So... That's basically the movie that like recounts her origins, and it kind of changes the era in which she um, she emerges because originally she she leaves the mascara to, to, to come with Steve Trevor, um to, to man's world in the modern times like in the nowadays. But in that movie, they uh, they brought her back. They brought her to the man's world in um in in the early 1900s during World War One. They did this because that's when war was like getting really, really, really like atrocious when you had like gassing people and like, um, and and, like that was like the big introduction of modern war. That was like the first modern war. Anyway, so not only do you have that, you had kind of this. So going back, you had the Wonder Woman movie of 2009, which was again another one that was, um, that was basically recounting her origin, except this time she actually did come back in the modern age, which. I have no preference. I liked either way. She was voiced by... Hang on, let me pull up where she was voiced. She was voiced by... Uh, well, anyway, while I do that, I will go to the... I will start talking about the Justice League cartoon series, which was amazing. Where... Um, that was actually my first exposure to Wonder Woman. Because it was like... Um, she... Sh- if i'm trying to th- think of how properly to express this it's like you, you had her she, she, she's like for some reason this portrayal of wonder woman is like super super like pissed off all the time which i think is really funny in fact it even causes um some some like um some uh, arguments with uh, other um uh, with uh, other ju- justice leaguers it's really hilarious so you have that portrayal, which I thought was pretty spot on, honestly, because she is kind of pissed off all the time, being the goddess of war and and also truth. And also, there was a storyline where she became the goddess of peace, which is kind of, which I, I think is kind of interesting. So the Wonder Woman in two thousand and nine, she was voiced by Carrie Russell, which I thought she was pretty great. She was pretty cool. And then you have the Wonder Woman from the DC, uh, and, and from the DC um, AMU who was voiced by, let me pull that up really quick, bear with me. She was voiced by, but well, anyway, the AMU Wonder Woman was like, again, there haven't really been any portrayals of Wonder Woman where I felt, oh, that's kind of stupid. I really wish they didn't do that. It's been pretty, pretty good. Um, for the most part. There have been some portrayals where they've made creative decisions where I'm like, okay. But, all in all, it has been pretty good. Oh, yeah. Rosario Dawson is the one who portrays her in the DC AMU, which I I think she does a good job. I think she does a good job. But that's also the storyline. That's also the the universe where they start off with the Superman-Wonder Woman relationship, which I'm going to talk about in the last part of this episode. And, um... So you have her, and then, so, so, so let's talk about, uh, let me see, what else did I want to talk about? Let's talk about, I talked about damn you, let's talk about st- um, interesting storylines that she's been at least involved in, or a major part in. So recently, so when they did DC Rebirth, they basically had this idea where, what if Wonder Woman um, was having trouble remembering her origins? And uh, so what they did is, they had this idea where Wonder Woman d- doesn't know what's real or anything in her m- her memory. So she goes through, through this entire journey of self-discovery where she finds out a lot of her stuff. A lot of her New 52 origins was like fake memories. Again, the New 52 continuity is its own Earth now. So it's not like a, it's all of a sudden non-canon again. But uh, for, for purposes of uh, posterity, we're just going to go with this. But... um. So it was also the, actually the Trinity storyline, which involves her, Batman, and Superman. And, and by Superman, I mean the, the new Superman, which is basically the, the alternate dimension Superman, who, again, I said in the previous section, came back to replace um, the new 52 Superman. And um, the, it, what I liked about this series is that you see them, they're trying to reforge that bond that, that existed between, uh, I mean, among the three heroes. But again, it's a different Superman. I like that dynamic going to the new 52 actually no going to the pre new 52 era in 2006 you had the storyline where she becomes a secret agent which I loved I felt that that was a, that was an interesting way to take the Diana Prince persona I've never seen that before you also had the one where um, she, where after she becomes the goddess of war what's interesting is that she tries to end war by directing all that conflict and like destruction inside of her own body so she's essentially taking war and and like trying to... Like, I'm trying to figure out how, how to properly describe this. It's like she's... Hmm. She is basically causing her body to wage war within herself. And, and like you, you see this at one, one point she starts like bleeding out of her eyes and her nose. Because again, it's hurting her. So she, she essentially is willing to kill herself to keep people from, from killing each other in war. So then... so, And then there was the storyline w- where she kills Maxwell Lord. Which is... The, that's the guy she... Ki- the supervillain that she kills. And uh w- what happens is that th- that's why she has to go underground and be the the Diana Prince persona. All right, so that is so it's some interesting storylines for Wonder Woman. Uh, I will do um more of these storylines later, but let's go to the Superman Wonder Woman relationship. All right, so. And this is one of the, I would say, the most controversial, one of the most controversial thing that the New 52 era did is they, in the Villain's Journey arc, which I'm pulling up right now, and and the issue I'm referencing is Justice League issue 12. They had this scene, and I'm going to read a little bit of, of, from it to you guys, actually. So, So, at this point... Superman and Wonder Woman are sitting on the top of the Lincoln Memorial... Talking about being alone. Because, again, they're both two ridiculously powerful heroes. And that can lead to to them feeling uh, isolated from the rest of the world. This is also where Superman reveals to her that, like, my name is Clark Kent. Uh, So so I'm going to start here. So Superman goes, I have another identity. Uh, So Wonder Woman says, the reporter... Superman says, my name is, uh, Clark Kent. Uh, oh, Wonder Woman. Why do you have an identity like that? Superman. I grew up with it, and I kept it once Su- Superman came on the scene to protect the people I'm close to. Wonder Woman. And it worked. And, and, and it worked? Superman. I don't know. I still have secrets from everyone. So how, cl- so how close I am to anyone is debatable. Wonder Woman. We're not like Zeus, but we're not like them either. And then Superman. We're not like anyone. So Wonder Woman, people like us uh, really uh, are really alone, aren't we? Do you ever feel alone? Superman? Of course I do. And then they kiss. And that was like a big to-do. I remember uh, going through Facebook just in my regular browsing through the internet, and then I saw like they're talking about, "Oh, Superman, Wonder Woman, just kiss they even portrayed that in the Throne of Atlantis movie and that lasted that relationship lasted up until I believe the the Death of Superman movie because they did it like off-screen they broke up for some reason anyway i was actually in favor of this relationship for a lot of reasons number 1 being yeah they're both isolated superheroes and it makes sense that they would be together now Number two. Now, one of the criticisms that I hear people talking about with this relationship is that it seemed too easy, too obvious that they would be together. I disagree because while I said in the beginning of this episode, the reason why I was covering these two together is because they're similar heroes. They're also kind of different because Wonder Woman kills her, her enemies in the new, and this talk in the New 52 era. Because there's one point in the Trinity War storyline, she goes... There's a reason why my uh, list of supervillains isn't as big as yours or Bruce because I deal with my villains. So there is kind of a little bit of tension and particularly when she became the god of war because there was a point in the storyline Superman Wonder Woman, which I'm going to talk about in a later episode, where um, she became the god of war and that kind of caused tension between the two because, again, Superman hates war because it it kills people and, and it's horrible to society. But she's the being that sort of embodies war, per se, if you will. So that kind of causes – so what, I'm, what I mean is that what her – these two heroes – I mean – let me explain it this way. They – they are both similar and different at the same time because they have different sort of moral codes, if you will, that sometimes conflict. So there is, so it's not always as easy as people think. Now, granted, it, it now granted that them being of similar power power level, it does that 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 is kind of easy and stuff, but again, it's not as easy as people think. Now What's actually interesting is that so in the new fifty-two continuity, she break, she originally dated Steve Trevor, who was the who was a, a, played by Chris Pine in the movies, but in, in in the comics, I couldn't stand him. Like him in the movie, don't like him in the comics. But what's kind of interesting is that she breaks up with him and then goes to Superman. Now in the new in the continuity that exists now, which is the separated from the new fifty-two, she was with Steve Trevor for like a long time, and then she. Um, and then they just broke up like in, 20, like in late 2019. I just found out about this. And I was like, I missed this. So I'm wondering if they're set, setting up something. I mean, it could be the, the, the only thing that would keep the Superman, fr- uh, Superman and Wonder Woman from coming together in this continuity is that Superman's married to Lois Lane. I mean, there's always something that could happen. I'm always a big fan of it happen of the Superman and Wonder Woman being together. I'm not really a big fan of Lois Lane, but that's just me. I realize that could be controversial. But, um, but anyway, so, by the way, reiterating a previous point, again, she's one of the only characters not shown in Smallville, despite the fact that she is one of the DC's Trinity, which basically means the three most popular heroes in all comic books, actually. So, they don't throw, that, that should really be a pretty obvious point. Of course, if we're making a show about Superman, we have to bring, it's not like bringing a, it's not like doing a show about Green Lantern and then not bringing them in because they're not that important in that context. But if you're doing a Superman series about Superman's origins... Why wouldn't you throw in those, those characters? I mean, you brought in Aquaman super early. You can't tell me it's because they didn't really meet in terms of Justice League formation. You brought in Aquaman in like, the, like the, the sixth season, I think. It's like ridiculous. It's like the one... The, it's, that's the one thing that angers me about that show. But anyway, so you... It's, and then the relationship actually was portrayed... In the DC AMU, which is all their animated movies, in Throne of Atlantis, they kind of recounted that passage that I read. Except instead of the Lincoln Memorial, it was um, on top of a temple in, in, um, in Greece. And they kind of deviated a little bit from like the, the lines that, that each character said, but it's kind of there. And that lasted, again, f- from Throne of Atlantis to Justice League versus Teen Titans, and I think that's, I think it only lasted for two movies, oh, actually, no, 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 because it started in the first movie, which was Justice League War, and then in the origin comic, because, okay, so here's the interaction between Superman and Wonder Woman, first off, I'm pulling up the comic, it's, like, one of the best, the best introductions for Wonder Woman ever, because what happens is, when she first meets the, the heroes, the Justice League is like In the middle of a battle And she's like Fighting parademons And she goes Like back to Hades And all that stuff She's screaming at them She's like doing a Battle lines and everything So then she, she shows up She's like Greetings warriors And then Flash is like Oh wow And then Greenland is like Dibs And then she has The intera- the first interaction With Superman Superman uh, So it's Superman talking You're strong And then Wonder Woman's like I know And then they had that moment In the uh in the movies, which I think is one of the best interactions ever. By the way, again, Origin and Justice League War are the are the movies and and comics where uh, Green Lantern basically goes to Batman. You're not just some doing the Bat suit, are you? Which I love. That's the best. That's one of the best interactions of all time. But anyway, that is Superman and Wonder Woman. We I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. We're going to talk a lot more about these characters when we talk about the different storylines that they're a part of. By the way, also. The Superman Wonder Woman relationship was also in the Injustice storyline, which is, I've already talked about the introduction to it. She sides with Superman and kind of takes Lois Lane's place as his like right hand woman, in a lot more ways than one. And um, what's kind of interesting about the Injustice Wonder Woman is that her origins are kind of different, in that so Steve Tre- so her origins basically is that Steve Trevor crashes on the pl- on the island. She, um, she nurses them back to health, decides, hey, I'm gonna go to, to man's world to help them with this. So this is during World War II. Now, this deviates in the following way. So it turns out Steve Trevor's a Nazi agent who kills an Amazon, then Wonder Woman kills Steve Trevor. Now, here's the difference. This Wonder Woman didn't grow up like around love from this point on. She grew up with a profound distrust of mankind, which later informed her, beha- her behavior and kind of manipulating Superman to become the dictator. So this Wonder Woman, you can make the argument that Wonder Woman is actually the main villain of Injustice and even more than Superman. because She pushed him to that point. Wonder Woman has always been that hero that, that, that will encourage Superman to, to do stuff. Like he'll say, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then she'll go, OK, cool. It, there's a lot of different reasons. She has, like, a lot of trust for him. And, and it has been hinted at many times in the, in the continuity outside the New 52 that she is in love with Superman. But, again, Lois Lane's in the way. I'm like, just, let's just swat her away and you're done. But anyway. So, th- she's always been his enabler, in a, in a, if you can use that term. All right. Now, that's done. So, that's Superman and Wonder Woman. We have now talked about my three favorite DC characters and, and comic book characters of all time. The next, I'd say two or three episodes, I may do, a, again, two in one, are going to talk about Captain America and uh, Thor and Iron Man, which I think are like the, the Marvel version of the DC Trinity because you have Captain America, who's basically like Superman in terms of their ideals and all that stuff. Batman is Iron Man for obvious reasons, and Thor is like the closest I can get to Wonder Woman. Now when I talk about the Squadron Supreme, which is um, Marvel's version of the Justice League, I will talk about how pretty much, by the way, I, w- I will talk about in the, new, in the current storyline how they're basically carbon copies of the Justice League, particularly um, Power Princess. I will talk about that. Actually, maybe after, after we do the Marvel Trinity, I may talk about the Squadron Supreme, particularly in this, in this continuity. Uh, so let's see what else we want to talk about by the way so n- now for our remaining cu- couple of minutes we're going to talk about that Zack Snyder trailer that was dropped with the Snyder Cut so he, he dropped this trailer and I'm going to recount it if you guys haven't seen it yet you can just log off now and then go watch it so uh, so Wonder Woman's in like a crypt and she has a, a, um, a torch and she holds it up to the wall and you see a pattern a, a painting if you will of a being that looks exactly like Dark Side. it is Dark Side. And, and then, and then you hear Lex Luthor from Batman versus Superman saying, "The bell's already been rung," basically saying he's coming. And then you see, and then it cuts to, um, a a sort of scene from like the theatrical release of Justice League, except it's Darkseid instead of Steppenwolf standing there. And that's it. That's all we get. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's coming. It's 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 like. That confirmed in my mind that we're getting everything we, we were promised. We're getting everything we, we were promised, finally. Thank God this thing's coming out. All right. Well, with that, I will leave you with that. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Under the of Under Two Capes. We'll be back with you next week when we start talking about the Marvel Trinity. Anyway, have a great day. Have a great Father's Day is the time I'm recording this. So have a great Father's Day. And remember... The multiverse is ever expanding.